Welcome to the Content Collective Podcast with Kim and Takara. The workshop style podcast is giving you actionable tips to help you create content that connects and organically converts. Now, Takara is a content marketing strategist who comes from ad agency life, working with brands such as Nike, Microsoft, and T-Mobile. She's used content marketing to grow her and her husband's brand into a six-figure business. Kim is a real estate professional and a biz strategist that has used content marketing to amplify her message in her community. She's passionate about community revitalization and has used her platform to develop programs for small businesses that puts thousands of dollars back into underserved communities each month. So if you're searching for tools to help you amplify your brand message and grow your influence, this is a place to be. Grab something to take notes and get ready because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of the Content Collective Podcast. We're here with myself, Takara Martin, and the biz bestie and childhood bestie, Kimberly Kanas. What's up, Kim? Hey, hey everyone. <laughs> so I, I wanted to do this. Honestly, what got me started in wanting to do a, a podcast episode on content marketing, but I also think what got me wanting to do really an entire business surrounding content marketing um, was uh, number one, people always asking me how me and Kenya kind of grew our social media following so fast over the past few years. But then also from people um, listening to other people like try to explain concepts. And I'm like, well, that's not how it works. Um, (laughs) And I was listening to a podcast and somebody was like, so content marketing is content that you put on the web and I'm like but you didn't tell us what it was and so I literally was like okay so we I would love to be able to help people number one understand what content is but help them understand that if you're not using content in your business and content is a form of marketing by itself but we're saying if you're not producing content if you're not doing these things in your business it's very challenging to grow a business and so Kim that a definition that I sent you is actually something that I created. Like I made up that definition. This is how dope you are. Like seriously, like she's like, you know what? I don't need to scour the internet because I know the definition of content marketing. But you know what? I seriously, more than that, I love what? is you're not just giving a definition. You guys have lived and breathed it. I, I've been privy to watch you and Kenyon really grow as a brand and have this crazy awesome presence there on Facebook and Instagram. So what I love is that it's not just, oh, I'm creating this definition because I just woke up today and felt that I could. True. <laughs> but you actually have this background where you've implemented and researched and had this trial and error of using these different strategies to really come to grips with truly what content marketing is. So I'm excited for this episode because um, like many people out there, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm involved in many different projects, and I myself, I get stuck. Um, Even with the projects that I'm involved in and the things that I do within the community, um, and we tell people, you got to, you know, get out there, you got to market. And the number one thing that I get is, what do I, what do I do? What, what should I do? Right. Like how, what do I start? What do I do? And I think um, that's why this is so near and dear to my heart because you have people who are introverted, people who have great products and great services, but it's like, okay, 
I want to get the word out, but I don't know how. And the easiest thing to do um, are a lot of the things that a lot of us really don't even think are really going to be moving the needle forward for us. Um, so I'll start with this definition um, and then we'll, we'll dive in after that. So we'll do the definition and then we'll start with the types of, um, you know, content, you know, basically that you probably should be putting out for your business, depending on what type of business you have. And so we're going to walk through and kind of give you some examples. Remember, it's workshop style. So get your pen and paper because we're really going to dive in and help you understand what you should be doing for your business. Cool. Yay, let's get some enlightenment. I got my <laughs> pen and paper ready too, because hey, you can never stop learning, right? Exactly, exactly. All right, so the definition for content marketing, um, content marketing is consumable media that educates your audience, influences their thoughts and behaviors, and inspires them to take action. And so I'll read it one more time. It's consumable media that educates your audience, influences their thoughts and behaviors, and inspires them to take action. And one of the things that I've learned um, with my own business, as well as watching other businesses, is that it's easier, so much easier to start a business than it is to build a relationship with your audience. Ooh. And so when you look at things like, um, you know, people who are just running ads and pouring all this money into just running ads, but not building relationships, those are the businesses that are wasting so much money. And it may hit the mark. It may even get people to purchase and buy. But content marketing, like the average advertising they say you have to see it at least, I think, 12 times before you take action. You have to see a brand at least 12 times. I could be wrong on that number, but it's a lot of times before you take action. I have literally watched me and my husband be able to post something on Instagram and see that it only took them one visit to our website to actually click through to purchase. And it's because of the relationship and the content that we have put out. Well, first off, I love that definition and I really love it one because it helps people think of a different perspective, like how people approach social media. Mm -hmm. I think that is what's kind of missing. And when people say they don't understand, they don't know how to approach social media. They right. think, oh, just throwing up some pictures of their product or a picture of, you know, if they're a hairstylist, let me just throw up a picture of some hair. Right. And I've marketed, I've done my marketing and they wonder why am I not getting results? Yes. And how you just said that, how it influences, how it educates your audience. I think that is so key. That right there, there's actually kind of a, a strategic process that goes behind people's post or a blog post or whatever the case, whatever you're using. I know we're going to get into that in a bit, but it's actually more strategic than just, than just throwing up a picture. Yeah, it, it super is. And the one of the ways that I know for Kenyon and myself, when we're, you know, planning our content and planning out things that we're going to really be um, putting out, the number one thing that we do though, because a lot of our content is done through social media, right? But the number yeah. one thing that we do is we identify like what our goal is for that week. So we have a coaching side of our business. Um, we also have um, books that we sell. Um, and so, and then we have a course. And so I'm like, 
depending on what what's going on that week, okay, what product are we going to focus on this week? And then all the content that we put out is going to lead people there. Not every piece is going to be um, a salesy piece, but it definitely is going to get people like, again, building that relationship and that expertise while they really get me, they really understand me. And then before we even put that content out, because again, social media captions, we figure out what are the top questions that we get surrounding those products or services that we offer? What are the top things that people are asking us? And so once we kind of identify those things, if this week we're going to sell one of our books and that's the focus, then we're going to put that down as the key goal. And then um, we're going to then figure out what are the key questions that we constantly get around this and how do we help them, you know, figure out this solution. Um, indirectly, but in a way that also then at the end of that, their call to action is going to be like, hey, but if you need help, you know, this book over here is going to help you. You know what I mean? I think what's really great about what you and Kenyon do, and I think what you just said is indirectly. Lots of people think, oh, selling, you know, I, I have a great product. I offer a great service. I, I'm so busy building my business. And then I have to now be salesy. Yeah. And that's what I think is hard for not everyone. Some people do it, you know, no problem. Right. Lots of people that have a problem with that. And I think when, you know, I speak about really having a strategy and thought process behind that post, one thing that you and Kenyon do very well is when you do your content marketing is you guys are really showing your potential customers who you guys are. Mm-hmm. And just with content marketing, you let people know that you don't just sell something or offer a service. No, you're giving them a good look into, you know, what you are potentially making them want to buy or what surface you're going to offer. It's not, like I said, just a a picture of a candle, you know? Right. Like, please buy this candle. Exactly. Or you guys just don't throw up a picture of your book and say, hey, we just released this book. Please buy it. No, you guys actually have this. You've literally built a brand. I have to say that. And I know that's not what the topic is. It's more focused on marketing. But you guys are so intentful in how you connect with your audience. You guys give a story. You guys give a background. You relate. And it's awesome. And that is that indirect way of how you connect and turn those people that are following you into actual customers. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that compliment. Um, but it, there's a strategy, right? And so um, um, if you go to our website, um, we have the content. Um, it is the, uh, it's like the five-step roadmap for uh, your content creation roadmap. I'm like, I drew a blank. Um, <laughs> go there. You can download the content creation roadmap and it'll outline all the steps that you can take that you should be taking that is going to help you identify every time you're planning content, you follow the roadmap. Every time. So every time you get ready to plan your week or two weeks or whatever of content, every week, you should follow this roadmap for each week. And I'm telling you, it'll definitely help you um, identify what type of content to be putting out, especially after this episode. So Yes. And I love it. Like I said, I'm, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> right. And so in developing that roadmap, you know, we didn't just develop it. We ourselves use it. Yeah. Um, so stay tuned because we have some more episodes coming up in regards to how we ourselves are using that same free roadmap that we offer to help ourselves in the business endeavors that we have. 
Yes, yes, it definitely works. It definitely works. So um, let's jump out into the type of content like for today. So the best type of content to put out and really want, now that we have that definition of content, it's, it's important to understand that anything that, that you put out into the world about your business is content, good, bad, ugly, indifferent. Um, so that's all content. We're just trying to help you now make your content work for you. Okay. Um, so the first type of content Kim, you know, we've been hearing about this as we were in high school. Um, it probably, <laughs> like, you know, made its appearance in high school when we were in high school, and that is blogging. Um, yes. they're, they're still winning, right? So for SEO, um, you know what I mean? It, blogging as a whole, you should be doing that, especially if you have a very niche topic or thing that you cover, something that you help with specifically, you should be blogging um, to really help that. Um, and, and so, like I said, it's still winning. For Instagram, though, I'm telling you, microblogging is also winning. So microblogging is basically taking a, a condensed version. I would say the most that we do is like three paragraphs, um, you know, three paragraphs in your um, captions on Instagram. So it's like a blog. You have an image and you have basically your three points to this and you put that up in a regular blog. Microblogging on Instagram is really um, putting up that picture and then writing a caption that still is going to hit all those markers. Um, all or most of the markers. So it's going to educate them. It should influence their thoughts and behaviors. And at least one post a week should be, you know, inspiring them to take action on something further. So blogging, microblogging is definitely still winning today. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. I think that utilizing the resources that you have at your fingertips that are free (laughs) are an absolute must. Um, There's, I don't even know the exact number, but how many people are right there on Instagram and Facebook? Mm -hmm. Why not use that resource? Absolutely. It's there. I mean, and if you have, um, whether you are, you know, service-based businesses specifically, you should be blogging because as a service, people are always coming to you with questions and they're coming to you with questions because there is likely a problem that you are telling them that you can solve for them. And so all of the questions that you are getting, and I've even, um, you know, on a strategy call, Kim, that we had with one of our uh, clients, where we were asking her, help us understand where were you at in your life that made you say this business, this product, this service is needed. This is the type of stuff that you should be blogging about. So number one, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying you're absolutely right. I think that's a very key point. A lot of people don't understand the the importance of people connecting with them personally. Mm -hmm. And I should rephrase that connecting personally with what they're offering or selling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, and and even if you're a product-based business, you could be doing blog posts on, you know, the, the journey, the before and afters of using your product, really helping people understand how to use your product, um, things like that. And that works really well on Instagram. So don't think it limits you to just, you know, a service-based business. As a product-based business, you should be blogging and help people understand why they need your product, how to use it, what are the benefits of it, uh, what is studies show about it. Like there are so many different things out there um, that you could be doing to really grow and, and really enhance your sphere of influence. Uh, to me, honest, in my opinion, I think product-based businesses 
have so much opportunity when it comes to blogging. Yeah, I do. The micro blogging aspect specifically and using those platforms for micro blogging when it comes to like the social media realm. I don't think people should take it lightly how they seriously can connect with their customers, whether you have a service-based business or a product-based business, there's so much opportunity for you to help really connect. Yeah. A really good tip for if you have a product-based business and you are struggling, and this is honestly to anybody, um, and I'll stop here because we're going to get into your social media in a little bit. But if you're struggling with what to put in your captions, how to communicate something, how to start a, because really it's all about writing good stories, then, um, but when you start writing your captions, even when you start blogging, start with a question and begin to answer that question um, as you start writing. So let's just say you sell waist trainers, right? And um, the number one thing is, uh, I think a biggest question that people typically have maybe about waist trainers is like, is it going to hurt? And you start, <laughs> you start the, the conversation with, you know, or you start your caption, you start your post, waist trainers are not supposed to hurt. Here's what they're supposed to do. When, or whenever I wear a waist trainer, it does this, this, and this, and here's why. You know what I mean? Um, so in that way, you can just start it off like that from a question perspective and then it really helps you begin to organically flow and in, in, in that way you're talking to your customer you're not just writing something to be heard when you answer a question you think of it of a, as a conversation that you're having with your customer or potential customer absolutely and again you're serving your customers needs it takes that indirect approach of selling your product without you coming off salesy yeah yeah for sure so the number two thing on my list then is going to be podcasting you're listening to a podcast as um, content marketing strategists and business strategists. Um, we understand the value of your podcast. So listen, studies show that people who listen to podcasts, number one, they spend more money <laughs> and they have, a higher, they have a higher, uh, percentage or a higher chance of purchasing a, um, large ticketed item, a product or service that you're offering people who listen to podcasts. They think differently. They think about education differently and they enjoy um, the idea of listening to podcasts. So that means they also, for some reason, I don't know why the psychology in me doesn't know, but it correlates to them also wanting to buy your product or service, especially if it's a course. I mean, it's e-education. So podcasting is a great opportunity to educate your customers, introduce them to your services, your expertise, and then others' expertise as well. Um, like, and I, I SaaS-based companies, so people who do software as a service, Shopify has a podcast. Um, and they highlight their users. They highlight stores that are making money on their podcast, right? So whether you're a product-based business or a service-based business, there are all sorts of things that you can do on a podcast that highlights your business. It can highlight your users, but then it can also educate them in the process. Absolutely. I let you take the reins on that one because I have to give you your kudos again. <laughs> you and Kenyon really built up your business podcasting. Yep. You had such a cons consistent presence there podcasting through various streams. I know, I know you guys, we're not going to say what platforms because we don't want to date ourselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you have really um, 
really invested a lot, you and Kenyon, when it comes to podcasting, to know the benefits, the true benefits and how it can truly propel your business. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it takes a minute to get comfortable with um, and finding your voice in a podcast. But oh, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, every day we got to talk Kim through this, but like, no, but it really does. But once you get it, like, I mean, be honest, you're starting to love it, right? Tell the truth. I adore it. I look forward to it. But no, I, anyone out there that is saying, I cannot do this. I hate how I sound. I don't know what to say. I'm letting you know from experience, I understand you. Yeah. But as Takara said, it is an incredible opportunity. You'll be missing out if you don't. You'll be missing a lot of exposure for your business. As I mentioned, her and Kenyon were literally able to really propel great, great strides doing a podcast. So there's so much per, uh, potential yeah, and and I'll um one day we'll we'll have to do an episode on how we market our products in our podcast as well because it really is um it, it really is a benefit to be able to um move things along for us. So no, that it's really good. And then if you have if you have a blog and you're doing three tips to blah four tips to blah, then understand that um, you can be turning those into podcast episodes um, and make your life easier and have something for every audience. Um, I was talking to my husband um, when we were writing our second book and he was, we were struggling with what voice to use, um, you know, uh, depending on what audience you're in front of, you're going to have a different voice. Just like when you're with family, like if I'm with my family from back home, I sound crazy and I sound hood. <laughs> if I'm at work, I sound, you know, very corporate and professional. And so one of the things that I told him is that every audience needs a different voice from you. And so for us, it was one of those things where it was like, we had to sit down and identify what our voice was, but like really from a reader's perspective and, and then from an audio's perspective, they're going to be two different audiences on what they want to hear from an audible, I should say. Um, and so understanding that if you can have a podcast that speaks to one group of people and a blog that speaks to another group of people, it is really going to expand your reach when you can really merge the two types of uh, venues to get your business out there. I love it. Yay. So number three was social content. Um, and it's, it's something that is no longer just for kids. It's not something <laughs> we can ignore anymore. Social media um, is, is definitely where everything is at. It's interactive. With COVID coming in especially, nothing has kept us more connected than social media, right? So No, um, only, the only other thing is a Tiger King. Other than that, <laughs> it's social media. And even with social media, that helped connect us to the Tiger Kings. So. Yes, it did. We all found out about Tiger King from Twitter and Facebook. Exactly. <laughs> so it, 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 you can't ignore it. And I think if you think of it from a place of, I don't like Instagram because I don't like to post pictures. I don't like Facebook because I don't like to share all my private life. It's no longer just a place to go out there and show off like you just got your nails done or for Sally to show off that <laughs> she just got engaged. It really is a platform to build engagement um, with your audience. Can remember one time when I was telling you about someone I um, followed on Facebook or Instagram, Instagram was like going off on her audience because they were DMing her, asking her about her prices and services. Yeah. 
like that can be like real you could deter customers because you literally have people who are sitting there on social media looking for you and looking for your business you know i think as an entrepreneur you really have to decide mm-hmm. how you are going to get in front of a, of your potential customers and if you take social media off the table and say, I don't want to be a part of social media. I don't want to have a Facebook account. I don't want to do Instagram. You are shooting yourself in the foot. Yes. It's free. It's free. 100%. You don't even have to pay for, for advertising, for ads. You literally can build a complete fan base off of social media marketing. I, I think people really, truly underestimate the power of social media. Mm -hmm. So if you take one thing from this whole podcast today, I hope that is just how pivotal social media can truly be for your business. Let me tell you how pivotal social media can be for your business. First example I have is my daughter is an 18-year-old video uh, production, video editor person. 18 years old, she has no website, and all she does is uses her uh, PayPal and Cash App, and people pay her hundreds of dollars a week to produce (laughs) and edit videos, and you know how they found her? Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. We literally, you know, my background, I, I do a lot within the community and my involvement here in the city of San Bernardino. Um, we literally built a weekly food festival off nothing but social media. Wow. That is how we obtained our vendors. That is how we marketed for the event all through social media. And when the, that's how the paper heard about us, uh, local newspapers heard about us through social media came and uh, did features on the event. And that's how we further grew. Um, But it was all free, free social media. Listen, and what kind of content were you putting out to get that attention? Again, I truly believe in connecting with your potential audience. And in this case, it was our community. Mm -hmm. So we did a lot of connecting with the community. Um, With what we were doing, there was so much meaning and purpose behind it. Wanting to launch this community festival was to give our community um, residents that were micro businesses. Mm -hmm. So we have our food foodpreneurs out there wanting to give them a leg up, giving them a platform to be successful. And so um, we really focused on the meaning behind the festival, that we were not just here to sell food, that we were just foodies. No, we were a community festival with a purpose. We had community in mind and people loved that. Really? So were you posting pictures? Like, so I'm going to get granular, right? Because it's workshop style. So okay. <laughs> were you posting pictures? What, what kind of things were you posting that got people's attentions? And like, what kind of hashtags were you using like in that strategy? So the thing that was really, really a winner for us and that really drove our audience, video. We did a lot of live uh, Facebook video, live Instagram video. Um, and even if it wasn't live, we would uh, post and do the IGTV. Mm-hmm. And it would really just be um, conversational style, you know, us talking to the community. 
And again, people loved it. It was so well received. Um, you, you go to a lot of food festival Instagrams and you'll just see nothing but pictures of food, nothing, nothing else. Right. And it works for them because they're a food festival. I'm not saying that's wrong, but again, we, that wasn't what we were about. We really wanted to focus on our purpose. And so when you went to our Instagram, you saw interviews with our micro businesses. You saw the community out and about stopping, talking to the community. You saw how we're bringing in local artists, giving them a platform to showcase themselves. You saw live videos of them singing up on our stage. It was really cool. It, I mean, it's still ongoing, but unfortunately because of COVID-19, we ourselves have had to take a break, but we really found a way to show what was behind SB Food Fest, which was awesome. Oh my gosh, that is super awesome. And I think even with now, there's so much going on in the world that we're going to have to come together and, and clean up our communities right now. We're going to have to do a lot. And I think if you're in the space, if you're in a place of, of means, if you have the finances, if you have anything, things like this that focus on the community and actually have an initiative, I think you could really set your business on top and above the rest if you do things that have a community have a community initiative attached to it not just so you can get publicity for your business but so that if you're really passionate about it I think it's going to be a really great opportunity for you to do something very similar to this in your own communities to bring people together the food um, cleanup initiatives spotlighting businesses that that were destroyed but that are rebuilding like what are you doing that can really highlight the community around you that it's also going to highlight who you are as a business. I think that could be really pivotal. Um, I think that that hit it on the nose, even in doing this before the unfortunate um, events that have recently taken place in our nation um, and before COVID-19, that was one of the things that helped us connect with the business community mm -hmm. was when we had sponsors, we showcased that they had a, what their company stood for. Yeah. It wasn't just about selling a specific product. No, they stood for social change. They stood for community revitalization. And it showed about their company morals. And that helped I, I helped boost their business. It helped broadcast them in a different light. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it, it's going to be a great opportunity right now if you're in a space and you're like, I don't know what to do. And even, you know, uh, we're African-Americans, so we are getting a lot of people who are saying, what can I do to help? One of the first things that you can do is begin to reach out to local businesses as a business owner yourself and begin to spotlight and highlight businesses in your community and create opportunities to expose the neighborhoods around you, the community around you, the businesses um, it's, you know, if we can do this all together, I think it'll absolutely help everyone. No, and I love that. And I think you may have touched upon this in our last podcast about unifying. Yeah. You know, if you yourself are a business owner, connect with other business owners. Yeah. There's a huge market out there. And it, it's not about the me, me, me mentality. Um, you will go further and accomplish more when you reach out and want to network and collaborate with your fellow business community. Yeah. 
No, that's 100% true. And so um, one of the things that's really good for social media, if you're struggling on what types of things to post on there, we already touched on microblogging, especially on Instagram. Um, But doing your product updates, again, we talked about telling stories. Tell some great stories about your customers. You know, if, you know, Sally was, you know, going through a really hard time before she came with me, came to me, but I helped her using this, 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 and this, and this is where she is now. Stories like that make a really um, great um, initiative for posting on social media. Um, shoot, testimonials. We do testimonials all day, especially in Instagram stories. Um, we sell a lot in Instagram stories. And so I don't want to just get on like, oh my God, selling. But Instagram stories, showing people and highlighting the testimonials, what people are saying about our business, I think is a great way to begin to um Uh, showcase what you're doing. And for those of us who are feed conscious and we don't want our feed to look crazy, um, using that in your stories and then take people on journeys, you know, what so-and-so said, you know, and have different testimonials. And then at the end of those testimonials, have where they can go buy your product. And it's simple and they go through your stories and if they don't want to buy, they don't. If they do, hey, click the link in bio or swipe up. But these are the types of things that you should be doing on a daily basis on social media to really engage your audience and keep them moving. Oh, I agree. Stories. I myself was so, um, (laughs) I felt so out of touch and so just anti-social media at one point. And when I really got into the stories um, and just in the different platforms, because, you know, I'm also a mortgage loan officer and we use it with um, the community endeavors that we do for our food festival. And the stories have been also a really great way for us to connect. Um, I love yeah. the Instagram polls and you and Kenyon use the polls very effectively, but um, you know, it's not just also about posting a picture or posting words. Um, Instagram makes it really awesome for you to be able to easily connect with your community in a way that's really fun. And that's why I really love the Instagram stories because you can use those polls as a feature in a way to get customer information, such as what they like, what they don't like, what they think you should launch, what they, you know, what they're not going to be into. I mean, there's just a variety of ways that you can actually use those Instagram polls to really boost engagement, help with product research and get your brand awareness really out there. No, that's so true. And honestly, I started doing the polls because of you. Um, I think when you <laughs> told me about when you guys were doing the polls in SB Food Fest and how they were working, I'm like, well, dang, let me go try this. And it actually, like, our engagement went up. We started getting, like, over 2,000 views in our story. Oh, wow. And people I'm mad. We do, I, I showed you, and we don't even get 2,000 <laughs> views. <laughs> we have a slightly larger audience, but Yeah. Yeah, it, it really did. Uh, it made it made a huge difference um, for us. So no, thank you for that tip because yeah, we have been using it. No, that's awesome. No, I like I said, you guys have such a wonderful way of connecting with your community. And when you took the polls, even so, and you started implementing that into your your strategy for your stories, it was still done so effortlessly. It was done in a way that I didn't even I didn't realize that the stories hadn't been there. Right. <laughs> No, they hadn't been there. And one of the things I will say too, um, if you're struggling, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to put in my stories. I feel dumb. I feel stupid. Literally, I was doing um, 
um, what do you call that? Like those fast forward videos, those time lapse videos of me making oh, uh, yes. our juices, things like that. But I was getting ideas because I looked at other people. And I'm not saying, like, hear me today, Kim and Takara are not saying go and copy other people's content. What no. we are saying is go and look at other people and draw inspiration. And like, if that's the kind of content, like, people miss it. And it's so, it can be so, um, it's so blatant and it's right in your face, but people miss it that um, whatever it is that interests you, what keeps you engaged? What keeps you swiping? What keeps you clicking? If that is what is keeping you clicking, that is likely what your audience is going to want to see. Because one of the things that you miss is that your target audience at some point, at some point in time is really you. And so yeah. what a I love that. You know what I mean? And so don't think, don't overthink it. It has to be pretty. It has to be amazing. It has to be bing, bang, pow. No, it really, half of the stuff that you really should be doing are things that are already captivating you. You just have to reverse engineer it for your own business. I love that because, and we are going to get into this in another podcast. So please keep following. Um, but when you talk about the pretty feed. Yeah. It's intimidating because when you're on other people's profiles, you see their well-filtered life <laughs> through their profile and how they have this beautiful feed and you think, okay, well, I can't afford this camera, uh, this lighting yeah. studio, um, all this thing, all this, I can't do that. You know, I'm starting off, I'm a new entrepreneur, I, I don't know what to post and then I can't do a feed like that. I'm going to tell you something right now. I've been experimenting. As I said, I'm a work in progress. I had the messed up hot mess feed where I was posting things that were just me, my crazy kids, um, me cooking, whatever the case is, more about my life mixed in with my real estate. Yeah. And my engagement was, I'm not going to brag, it wasn't huge, <laughs> but my engagement was for my following. It was good. Well, I got intimidated seeing all those pretty feet. So I said, you know, what? I need to get it together. I've got to really get on top of my feed. I need to have that pretty feed. Yeah. So I started, you know, doing all the pretty posts or I'm doing those pretty filters. And I'm going to tell you something. My engagement went way down. Really? Way down. People want to connect with you, not just your pretty pictures. So keep that in mind. Oh my gosh. Um, no. And I think it's super true. Like, I think I did this before. I went, girl, I went and paid somebody. Um, I went and paid somebody to make me these Instagram templates that were atrocious, by the way. <laughs> and I started using them and I'm like, I was like, dang, not that likes and shares and all that are, are um, what you should be looking after. But at the same time, it was something like I was really trying to create this pretty awesome feed and look like somebody else's. And I'm going to tell you, every time you try to make your stuff, no matter what it is, look like somebody else's, it may do you okay for the short, short term, but for the long haul, you are not going to be successful in your business and your content creation because every time you have to do something new, you're going to have to look to other people to copy off what they're doing. The biggest lesson that I'm going to, even in the, um, the 
the content creation roadmap, one of the biggest lessons that you have to learn and that you have to pay attention to with your content on any platform is um, you need to know your numbers and know your analytics. What are people, what is causing them to engage? What does your audience like? What don't they like? What makes them click? What makes them not click? And you pay attention to those types of things and that's what you go hard on. That's what you go in on. The more you look at other people's stuff, you're never taking the time to learn about what your audience needs and what they want from you. And yes, and I, and I want to jump in and say, please don't get us wrong. We're not saying that pretty feeds are just stupid or you know, not useful right, right. and have a hot mess feed. I'm not advocating for that. There does have to be some rhyme and reason to what you are putting on yes. your social media posts. So don't just run outside and take a picture of your toe and you know, <laughs> put it on Instagram. So. Yeah, but yeah. Please don't do that. I think, thank you. Thank you for clearing that up. Because as much as we say a pretty feed doesn't matter, I know for a fact when I go to somebody else's page, I want to see what they're posting and they're going to start going through, I'm going to start going through their feed. So I want to know that it looks presentable and I want it to look nice. But absolutely, some of the most successful feeds are the, are the simplest feeds. And I think that that's what you have to pay attention to. Go ahead. Sorry. No, sorry. I think that that's it right there. This there has to just be meaning behind what you're posting. Um, you do want to have quality pictures. I, I, I shouldn't be so laxed about it. Now, when I say quality, does that mean you have to hire a photographer again and have a lighting studio and all that? No, but you don't want to have blurry pictures of your toes on Instagram. So <laughs> like, what is this, what is happening with the toe pictures? Like, what did you think? <laughs> I think I'm sitting here looking at my toes and I'm like, I don't do a lot of personal grooming, but <laughs> well, I have, really wish I could get no a petty right now. <laughs> well, we have children. There is no time for any of that. Um, no. I, and I think it, it's super true. And I don't want to like beat a nail over the head with, with social media because your content is going to be more than your social media. Right. But absolutely. Because that is the place that people are spending, especially in, you know, post-COVID um, or really in the midst of COVID, people aren't leaving their homes much. So they are spending a ton of their time on social. Um, you just want to have quality content. And I think whatever you're putting out, especially in social media, it should have a purpose. It should have a purpose to educate your customers. It should be influencing their de decisions. It should be making them, you know, move to action. And so making sure that everything you put out there has a purpose and is very streamlined and fits in with your overall messaging, your beliefs and who you are as a person, as a personal brand, but also as a company, um, you know, that builds that. And so I think we can jump into the last one, which we, you know, we talked about the lives. Um, really lives are going to be the wave of the future. Video in general, Kim, you said it with SB Food Fest, you guys were doing videos and you were doing lives and that's what would really grew an entire county food fest, lives and videos, right? Absolutely. I mean, just to give kind of examples, during the festival, we would live the performances, we would walk through and live the event mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was interesting. I mean, people were engaged, you know, the first thought is like, people don't want to sit watching a video of you at a food festival. Right. Surprisingly, they do. <laughs> they really do. The children, I saw the pictures and the videos of the children. Like I saw all sorts of things there and it just, it warmed your heart, especially in, in a community like San Bernardino where, you know, 
people have given up on it. So if you're seeing life being breathed back into that community, showcase that. If your business has taken a hit um, during social media, I'm sorry, Jesus, during COVID-19, then get in your stories, get in lives, go on Facebook Live and start talking about what you're doing to rebuild. Look at your journey, look at your process. If it's been a week since you got a customer, and Sally Smith just ordered something from your business, get online and say, thank you. Listen, I just got an order and it's been a week. I just want to thank you for those who are supporting small businesses right now. Shop small, hashtag shop small, right? Like find opportunities to get on there and talk about your business, but then answer the questions, educate them, offer them advice, offer them, you know, if you have, I'm gonna go back to the waist trainer. If you have a waist trainer business and you're trying to um, get more sales in, summertime is coming, I'm gonna need about three of them things. So <laughs> like you're doing that, show me what it looks like on somebody with a thicker body type, you know, get on live, do a makeover, show me, you know, what it looks like, you know, before I had your waist trainer on and after and show people kind of like getting a makeover with your products things like that, and then turn those into posts and content later on in other forms. Now, I love what you said about the pandemic because um, not just for the city of San Bernardino, I, I think this is being experienced all over the nation, all over the world, because this mm -hmm. is a global pandemic that especially small businesses, they're yeah. hurting right now. Um, yesterday with Blackout Tuesday, me and my sister went around patronizing as many uh, minority-owned businesses that we could to support our community here in the city of San Bernardino. Um, but I asked uh, one of the owners, you know, how has business been for you during these past couple of months with the pandemic and everything that's going on? And they said, you know, we're surviving. Mm. However, this has been the problem, not just before the pandemic, but we have a problem. People just don't know that we're here. Wow. Once they stumble upon us, they love our product and their repeat customers, they come back. But the problem is just not enough people know that we're here. And the first thing that we asked is, well, where's your social media? We looked for you. On, that's actually how we found some of the other black owned businesses was on social media. Mm -hmm. We just happened to know about them already. And they were like, yeah, we've been meaning to do that. But just as you said, especially during a time like this, that is how people can find you through your social media, doing live, saying, yes, we are open. We're still here. This is what we offer. Going into my, you know, the background of why we're here, why we opened this business up to begin with, why we brought it to this specific city. Those are things that you should be in front of the camera posting on your lives to your potential customers. Wow, that that's beautiful. And I think so many small businesses, like you said, they don't get it. Um, they ignore it. Um, but I'm like, listen, go on live. If you have children, they're watching TikTok right now and they understand the power of video help them, like ask them to help you get on um, social media, ask them to help you figure out how to post, you know, ask them to help you figure out how to go live and answer questions, like find out um, from everywhere. And I, I would implore you um, to begin to follow different brands, the content collective, the content collective.io. You can follow us. That's our tag on Instagram and that's our website. 
um, follow people and start to see what they're doing for their businesses um, and really begin to understand hashtags, understand what it means to use them. I've literally, um, my last three professionals that I've hired, I have found on Instagram using hashtags. And so if you do nothing else, um, find your children, your nephews, your cousins, like somebody <laughs> that is going to help you get involved in this. We're here for you as well. Um, don't we understand sometimes you need to make money to, in order to pay us to do that. So we get that. So find things. YouTube education is like majority of our education in the world today. Um, I, so I call it YouTube university. So, <laughs> and it's free tuition for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, please, by all means, um, figure out ways to implement not just social media, but all types of content in your business, um, because it really does become the lifeblood. It makes your job as a business owner so much more easier because again, it, it helps your content work for you. It works. Yeah, and I really, go ahead. Sorry. Nope, nope. No, and I really want to say as we talk about social media, I really want people to understand that there's various forms of platforms. Uh, I'm sorry, various forms, various platforms. Sorry, yeah. just as Takara was mentioning, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I'm probably missing some because again, I'm not going to state my age. But um, one thing I really want people to understand is every platform is not for you. Yeah. You have, don't try to go in and say, get all gung ho. Yes. Okay. I'm going to set up my YouTube account, set up my Instagram account, set up my Facebook account, set up my TikTok account. You have to first focus on what is going to appeal to your customers most. TikTok, typically that's at age 13 to 18. Um, that's, that's the age group for TikTok users. It is growing though. It is. Um, it definitely is growing, so I don't want you to discount it. However, you really have to think about who's your ideal customer and where they are at and try to scale. Maybe start with Instagram, go with that mode first, then scale, maybe add on TikTok, but don't try to do everything all at once. It will get overwhelming. Keep in mind, you are trying to actually run a business. Yeah. Um, so running social media in itself is a task. So please don't try to take on too much. Yeah. And, and, and we'll definitely, I think we can dive into that more too, as far as like what you should be taking on. One of the things that we do at the Content Collective, if we do a strategy for you, we're going to tell you the main platforms that you should be using. Um, and then if we're going to be doing your content for you, then we're going to go all in on two, um, you know, just to really help you kind of get a jump start. Um, me right now, a crowd favorite, Kim, you know, I'm, I'm in love with Pinterest and I feel like it is the best kept secret for your content marketing today. Um, but we'll do an episode on that later. But I think Pinterest, people are really sleeping on Pinterest right now. I, I'm going to tell you guys, she put me up on Pinterest. The numbers don't lie. That's all I'll say. Yes. Yes. And, and so we'll go through that. And I think maybe we'll even do like a YouTube video walking through setting up our Pinterest account. Um, oh, that'll be fun. And then like setting up kind of what we're going to be doing in there and then play around there because I think everyone really needs to have a Pinterest. Um, I think if you're going to go all in on one, I mean on two, one of them should always be Pinterest, no matter what kind of business you're in. And I could guarantee you that I could give you an example for Pinterest for every type of product or service or business that you're in and tell you how you could win on there. She's not lying. <laughs> 
I'm trying to tell you, trying to tell you. Well, that's all I got for this episode, Kim. Do you have any parting words for our peeps before we go? No, I just want to congratulate everyone because you're here listening to this podcast because you've yeah. making that first step of being an entrepreneur. Um, and that's a wonderful place to be in. So I applaud you and commend you for taking that step. Um, we're always in- wanting to inspire. So I hope that through this time, that's what we've done to help you kind of take leaps and bounds and improve and propel your business. Um, and those are my parting words. Absolutely. My parting words are, hey, have you followed us yet? Um, go to our website, <laughs> first of all, thecontentcollective.io. But we are available on Instagram and Facebook at the moment at thecontentcollective.io. Just, and that's where we are going to be everywhere. Journey with us as we build our business, as we build our brand, um, and as we help other people really amplify their message and create contagious content that converts. That is it for today's episode. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. We can't wait to see you um, next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Content Collective Podcast. How would you like to receive a free 30-minute content strategy call with us? Every month, we select a lucky winner. And all you have to do to win is screenshot this episode and share it in your IG stories. Be sure to tag thecontentcollective.io. If you're on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a review as well, because we can't grow without you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.